Ray-Bans, look at prescription. And that won't help me much. Yeah. We're good? Hey, this is Dave. Yes? <laughs> hey, this is Dave Fryer. Welcome to Agile 2018. And right now, I'm here with Master Yoda and Master Mace Windu from the <laughs> Jedi Council. And we're going to talk about Dark Scrum. Which one of us is dead? Oh, both. Yeah. yeah, both. Both. They're both dead. Both but dead. But live on in our hearts. <laughs> So residuals, that's called. <laughs> I want to ask about Dark Scrum because I know you, you post about this a lot, but I know there's a lot of people that haven't heard about it. So Those are you, probably the ones who are living it. So what is it? How do we bring these I, people out of their caves into the light? I believe that all too often Scrum is used in a way that winds up oppressing developers. Okay. That. Developers aren't born knowing how to do the things that we have to do, which we'll probably want to talk about. And yet Scrum calls for delivering software every two weeks and right. having a meeting every day and all that stuff. And some number, I don't know how many, of managers and Scrum masters and product owners and all of that. If, the if they are, in fact, not the same people. Use the occasion of those meetings yeah. to put pressure on the team to rip them up by the roots and see how they're doing, yeah. and to generally make their lives worse than they were before Scrum. Okay. I, I normally explain it this way. Back back when I started as a computer programmer, lo these many years ago, uh, I would be given a, a service request to work on. Okay. And I might work on that for a few weeks or maybe even longer. And during the period in time I was working on that, Maybe once a week, I would have to touch in with the boss, who was at the end of the aisle from where I sit, sure. and talk to him about how things were going. Okay. Now, we have Scrum. And every day at 9.30, I have to stand up in a circle with all my cohort and yeah. confess everything I did over the past 24 hours right. and make a bold prediction about what I'm going to do over the next 24 hours, which will be checked, cross-checked tomorrow. Well, sure. And isn't this much better? Okay. And that is sort of the heart of Scrum. It is dark Scrum. It is using the incredibly powerful self-management tools yes. that if you let a team use them, it gives them incredible power over how they work. But if you move that out a level or two, yeah. it becomes an incredible tool of oppression. So you were talking about the poor oppressed developers and snarky voice. It's like, what about the poor oppressed project managers who are probably the ones creating? I mean, I am one of those people, unknowingly well, we creating don't like you then. But yes. But <laughs> I'm sure that I did that in the past without I've heard that you were probably the worst. I would Probably, without realizing I was doing it. Yeah. Thinking that my, by me saying, okay, you have to self-organize this way right now. You know, I and didn't know anybody. And give me this information so I can put it into uh, Corrali. Yeah. Or whatever. Corrali. Corrali. Isn't that what it's called now? Corrali? Yes. <laughs> whatever. It's, okay, so people that are living in it are suffering. The people that are causing it, I mean, I can't imagine that they're purposely doing that. They don't have awareness. I'm hoping. I assume that everyone is trying to do good things. Okay. There are some exceptions that we could talk about, but it's this is not a political conference. Um, not yet. So I think we could go that way. <laughs> so I think they're I think they're trying to do the right thing. But they don't know how to do it. 
Yeah. And the teams don't know how to do it. And too often, and I don't know if it's 1% or 90%, but too often it turns into this high pressure situation. Yeah. And the more you put developers under pressure, the less they're going to self-organize, the less good job they're going to do, the okay. more bugs they're going to create, the worse their code is going to be, and it is a negative spiral. So you got to do something. Okay. Well, if you look at the figures from the Scrum Alliance, there are about 40 Scrum Masters per certified developer. Yeah. That's a lot of Scrum Masters to have on this one guy. Yeah. And well, they got to hold him accountable. <laughs> All of them. Every That's single right. one of them is servant leading this guy. <laughs> servant leading him right into the ground. And it's kind of a problem. Now, you know, the real issue there is that it's very difficult to sell certified scrum developer training. Right. Um, it's expensive and kind time consuming. You'd have to train all your developers. You only have to train one scrum master. Right. And so it's not an easy sell. And, and they're not going to probably be doing actual scrum in the organizations anyway. They're doing the waterfall. They're doing what, you know, waterfall, yeah. whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, but the effect is that the developers don't know how to do it. Okay. And we're not born knowing how to do it. The things we have to do are not, they're not genius level work, but they're different from what we're used to doing when we did work this checklist right. So the effect is too often, and I don't know the numbers, too right. often Scrum is not good for the development team. Okay. It's still good for the organization, which is really better, good meaning better than waterfall. Better than better than before. Okay. Because you're paying more attention to what you do. Yeah. You're trying to get product out more frequently. Right. You've brought the team together to sort of cross-functional, which means you've done a lot of lean type things that take yeah, slack out of the system. Of the which means that you'll probably really will be more productive at the at the company level. Right. While not making the lives of the programmers better, but instead making them right off the worse. Okay. Well, Dave, you you have, I know your background a little bit, and I know that you have a very good understanding of the traditional PMI yeah. sort of approach to project management. And you think about all those questions you, as a project manager, wanted to know about what was going on, mm -hmm. and think about the ability to get those things out of a scrum team when I have this incredible yeah. control mechanism that scrum gives us. Uh, when in fact your job really ought to be to take to, to play golf for two weeks and then show well, up at the end and see what they did. So the way that I explained it in class is when I was a PM, I thought I had to make sure everyone knew what they had to do because I was the only one that was watching the whole field. Yeah. But now I'm on a team where everyone is engaged at that level and I can put a lot of that down. That's right. And that's what I want to do, and my job is to teach them to take care of themselves, right. take those decisions on their own. Yeah, but how many how many folks in the traditional project management role have dropped onto that, and they think, oh, now I have this incredible way of, of getting this information I would say out. not a ton, but I'd also yeah. say it took me eight years to get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So, to plant a seed, you never know when it's That's right, that's right. No, and the, and the, the fact is that Scrum is growing very, very rapidly still. And it's crossing the chasm into more and more yeah. PMI type people, where earlier on it was maybe a little bit more smaller companies, rapid already focused product development things, and more and more big projects now and big corporations. Which means that the percentage of people who really know what's going on right. 
is lower because, as so you all know, it's growing in kind of an unhealthy way. And it's growing in a way that I that I'm concerned about when it goes away, and I really don't know how bad it goes. I know that in our talk this morning, when when we said dark scrum, pretty much everybody's nodded. Well, yeah, the people that come to your Star Wars talk is going to. It's possible that I have that I have a biased marketplace, which we, on, the <laughs> other, on the other hand, I think what I have is a marketplace made up of programmers. Yeah. Okay. And when and when when there's no programmer in the room that says yeah things are better for me. Okay. I think that's a, an indicating statistic. Yeah. It's still only 90 people, but it's, it's I think it's a real indicator. Okay. Um, now, I I kind of think of myself as a programmer. Right. And, I, and I, my heart is with programmers. Okay. And so, despite the fact that Scrum is helping corporations, and that all of these other things in this room are are mostly probably helping corporations. Yeah. I'm not so sure they're helping people. Okay. And particularly not helping people at the leaves. Okay. It, you know, it, doing something like this would help a project manager. Yeah. It would lighten his load. It would enable him to use the creativity of more people, not hold the whole creativity to himself, which none of us is smart enough as all of us. Sure. Um, so it helps managers. It helps project managers, but I'm not so sure it helps the people out there that are really doing the work. So what should we do? I, as we talked about at the Deliver Agile conference this spring, I think developers need to split off, abandon any kind of support whatsoever for these kinds of agile. Just like pull a John Galt and go off into the and learn and how to do yeah. and learn how to do a particular thing, which is to deliver the increment. The thing that Scrum okay. has right is it says every sprint you deliver an increment of software. Yeah. If you do that, then when they come in and they push on you and they tell you all kinds of things and do whatever kind of pressurey things they might do, mm -hmm. you just say, yeah, but look, we made this. And if you just, yeah, we made this. <laughs> if you do that often enough, they'll start saying, well, you know, that's actually kind of interesting. You know, if you could do this other one thing to it, we could actually give that to yeah. those guys over there. And so it, it can change the conversation. Okay. If you can build the software. But if you can't, it's like we've talked about this before. Why are you trying to scale the inability to deliver? That's right. right. Exactly. <laughs> it's just what you need, more or nothing. Um, so I think that programmers, the developers, we need to find a way for the development community to learn how to do the development part of this. Okay. Which, sadly enough, the Agile Alliance is not really investing in. The Scrum Alliance is not investing in. None of the right side people who are in the right side lounge just really investing in helping developers. None is not fair. Some no, are. but from uh, a business so I think, perspective, I think you're not going to get a ton of money out of the developer. No, exactly. No, you're not. So, so that, it's like the pharmacies aren't going to, I mean, the drug companies aren't going to cure sicknesses they can't make money on. That's right, exactly. That's so right. I, they go with, you know, but balding and uh, those other things. But there's material out there. But yeah. There's and we're all going to die from some little... You know, Bacteria. Yeah. There's the work James Shore does, the work Joe Rainsberg does, lots of people doing videos about how you do this. Okay. And I think it's got to turn into a thing where... Like a rise up kind of a thing? Where you pay $20 a month to learn how to do Agile programming, not $2,000 a day. Okay. Because you, you take the best certified scrum developer course in the world, which we happen to teach, and it costs to $2,500 minimum probably sure. to take that class per developer. Ten developers, twenty-five thousand yeah. dollars, and a week of their time, and they've just begun to learn. 
Yeah. That's no good. So we got to find ways for developers to discover things like what James Shore is doing, what Jerry is doing, what other people okay. are doing. What I wish would happen is that I wish people who had the investment and the interest in the corporate in the corporate level, right. whether that's the Scrum Alliance, who's all pushing up scale because you say whether it's scale ads are pushing up, all of the people that are coaching managers and product managers sure. and all that, gotta recognize right now you're squeezing the fat out of other parts of your process. Yeah. And the developers are gonna turn back into the bottleneck and they're not gonna know what to do. Right. And you're gonna be stuck. I would like to see those people understand that they could invest $20 a month or $100 a month per programmer, not okay. $1,000 a week. And to begin to get behind that and bring all that information together into sort of a body of understanding that, yeah. that you can put out there and say, here is the whole spectrum of stuff you might want to learn as a developer. Okay. If you're doing JavaScript, go this way. If you're doing Java, go that way. If, if you're building with microservices, go this way. Um, I don't. I'm not optimistic that those big organizations are going to do that. Okay. And that says to me that we need a new thing. Okay. We may well need a new thing. Developers are going to take it on themselves. Maybe we have to have another manifesto. I don't know what you do. I really don't know what you do. Okay. But my concern is for developers, it's not working. So for too many, some it's probably working. Better. I just don't know. But a lot of it is, is driven by economics, as you said. It is, you sell what people want to buy. Uh, we're sitting here across from the booth of a, a company which is selling consulting services, and I, they had a among flow, other among other things, and a moment ago it was showing all their coaches going by, and I was just looking at what they did, and I didn't have any reason to believe any of those people could write a single line of code. Yeah. I'm sure you can pull up your IDE here, and we can whip out. I can't anything. See, <laughs> I can. I mean, and I, here I you know are. Here you are, claiming, claiming, claiming I would never to be a leader in the agile no, 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 no. But software I development. Mission. I have a different mission. My mission is to help the poor project managers get their crap together and stop being the way I was, and help them find that, their way here and, you know, without creating more damage. And that's an honorable mission. Um, Selling ideas for better organizing your bugs, if you have a million bugs, maybe that's an honorable <laughs> profession. Um, going and teaching executives yeah. like Steve Deming does, it's an honorable profession. But it's not fixing the this problem. This was the Agile software. not fixing the problem. We started with the man manifesto for Agile software development. Right. And software development has been pretty much forgotten. So do you, what I want to ask is, do you think, a lot of people would look at the extension of it beyond software as a positive for them, which maybe it is because it's reached a wider audience, but it's left part of the, lost the mission a little bit. And if, no matter how right? broadly it moves, it will have the same problems in the places it goes if it doesn't deal with the underlying engineering issues. Now, one of the nice features about other domains that Agile is moving into yeah. is that those domains have a certain degree of professionalism at the bottom. Okay. Uh, if you're going to build a car, you hire engineers and those people are trained and have a code yeah. about what makes them an engineer, not just a mechanic. So do we need that for and We don't have that anywhere near for developers because we have no idea how to do that. There are those who would argue uh, quite forcefully that software development is not an engineering uh, 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 undertaking, it is a craft. 
And, yeah. and so that's a sort of a different sort of thing. Okay. Uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna apply agile software development to the construct uh, agile development to the construction of a bridge, yeah. all the engineering that has to take place yeah. is the same no matter how you go about doing it, because it bridge is a, a bridge and it's not supposed to collapse. No one is surprised when the software collapses. So that's also <laughs> right? that's also a really significant thing because that means our expectations are maybe a little ridiculously low. Maybe we need higher standards for that. I, I think you know, possibly higher standards. Now, I, I would not support the notion of software engineering standards okay. because I don't think software is engineering. Um, and I don't support the uh, suggestion by a few that there ought to be professional things okay. going on. Um, but I think our skills overall are not very high. Um, and that's partly because if you want to hire a programmer, you can hire some kid that, you know, Got was hacking a game, yeah. you know, a few weeks ago and knows how to do some scripting and stuff. And you don't educate them. And there are, at this point, maybe two colleges in the country that teach Agile, and I couldn't name either one of them. Okay. It's, it's not a thing that's taught in college, right. because none of the professors in college understand it. Right. Um, we, we were working at a college a few years ago that, was, that it would have us come in and teach them to do some Agile stuff. And it wasn't because of the professors. It was because they had a young entrepreneur guy who was like an associate professor. It was all about this, yeah. and he wanted to do it, and he was just a mover and shaker, and everybody else went, oh, okay, yeah. and they brought it in. So this guy moved on out and just and runs his own company, and now they're not teaching this anymore. And the, and the, the professors, they don't want to teach test and development because that requires yeah, them to change their, that requires them to change their course material yeah. and all that, you know, and it's like... Well, we're here to give you the theory. Yeah. So, yeah. You mentioned Jay Brains and I forget the other person. James Shore. James Shore. Um, are you guys doing anything to? We're too lazy and old. Okay. Uh, I don't think that you're lazy or old. I think that you guys having the experience that you do identifying and articulating the problem you need and, and calling attention to it is an incredibly valuable yeah. service. Uh, you know, yeah. We, we are supposed to meet with some development-focused people tomorrow, and we'll okay. see what's going to go on there. Um, I wish, for example, that there was interest from the Scrum Alliance or from Scaled Agile to do something about this. Uh, the comments a year or two ago, I spent a long time talking to Dean about this, and Dean brought in this guy, Yuri, and Yuri's all about software, and so they're doing whatever they're doing. Um, the Scrum Alliance does not see that they have a vested interest in doing development because Scrum has never been about development. Um, if some organization wanted to put money behind it, I think people like us and a number of other people we could name would help to come up with the strategy, orchestrate it, to get it started. pick people out, you know, say these are people we ought to talk to, help package it. Yeah. But writing it, James Shore has done something like 250 JavaScript, how to do test-driven development in JavaScript videos. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm not going to do that. I don't, I, first of all, I'm not smart. It, it is nice to know that it's it's not just you guys. There are people. Yes. Pockets of people. Who the well, it's it's the what is left of the XP community. Okay. That, okay. It's it's you know they. So I I was going to ask you guys two other questions, and you and you answered both. <laughs> Telling me. That's why we're us. <laughs> now, Jedi Masters. Jedi Masters. 
this is the anyway. Uh, one of the th interesting <laughs> things. The this products. is almost <laughs> the end though, because we're running out of time. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Uh, uh, anytime we would bring this kind of stuff up on the Scrum Trainers list, when Ron was allowed to be on the Scrum Trainers list, I'm not touching that. Uh, that's a trivial thing altogether. <laughs> uh, uh, Almost every, everybody who would answer about that would say, oh, I talk about the importance of technical practice in my CSM course. Okay. Do you talk about the importance I of technical practice? I talk about the importance of constantly focus on improving your skills and developing your abilities in whatever you're doing. What kind of specific things do you say? I've got the XP stuff in the class, and I cover the topics that are required by the learning objectives, but I'm not expert in that. Yeah. So part of what I don't want to do is pay lip service to things that I can't really get into very deeply. Yeah. I talk to them about having test-driven development, continuous integration, but if they want to talk about how to implement that, I am not the do you, do you know what happens if you don't do that? Do you tell them what happens if you don't uh, do it? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I've okay. got 20 years of experience what, Okay, okay, okay. Because <laughs> so part of it is being able to... to, to to express those sorts of ideas, yeah, you know, uh, I have found. But that's so the same thing. The a teacher, I'm constantly yeah. trying to improve my skills and my craft. Right. Yes. Well, the thing is, though, that if you, that the techniques yeah. of agile development are, I think, literally incredible. That if you say to a team, if you guys started with clean code, yeah, no code did test and development and refactoring. A year from now, you might have shipped two bugs instead of the 2,000 you're shipping. Right. They're like, that's crazy talk. <laughs> it happens to be true, but you have to learn how to do it. And, you know, part of the trick is, every time you have a bug, you fix it instead of putting it into some product. Um, and so that even if you were the best person in the world at saying, you must do these practices, and if you don't, you're going to die. Yeah. Nobody can understand it because they can't believe it, including the developers. Because the developers have never experienced what it is to write code that actually works and looks They've never good. seen it happen. They've never yeah. been able to do it because they wouldn't let us do so it. So maybe that's that we, don't we just need to give them away in this experience. I think they, you have and to And that's get kind of what experience. our course is, is, is we want you to experience what it feels like to not sit on that thumbtack all day long. But it's but it's a week. These are these are skills. I'm learning I'm learning these skills right now this week. Yeah. Uh, last week this week I haven't got the code yet. <laughs> There's stuff. It's this is a lifetime effort. Yeah. And to make that effort, you got to know that you need to make it, and you got to have the the safety and the time in your life. And the passion. To make it, and the passion. It does require a certain amount of passion. And the, now some of it is just the passion of making your life better. You know, one doesn't have to have a passion for running yeah. to know that running will probably keep you alive longer. Yeah, maybe. You know, it doesn't work for me or Ron, <laughs> but yeah, you don't, we don't but I didn't. I was at, up at six o'clock this morning going for a two mile walk. All right. Uh, which I do. Did you do the couple, steps? I did not do the steps. That's brutal. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I went running this morning and did uh, the steps. Awesome. I can't run. I walk, but I go. You know, I go. You know, twice a day at, uh, at you know two miles twice a day. That's awesome. So, you know, all right. Imagine what I look like if I didn't. I'm going to wrap it up. Okay. RonJeffries.com, HendricksonXP.com. That's right. And you're at Chet Hendrickson and at Ron Jeffries. What could be I'm easier not than use that? The wrong one, like I did last year. 
Well, I got your son last year, right? Look there is another Ron Jeffries. Jeffries. No, no, your Twitter. My Twitter your is Twitter. Ron Jeffries. Not, yeah. not okay. original Ron Jeffries, okay. or whatever he calls it. Um, he, he's but not if they the want to find out about the CSD class, they can get in touch with you. Yes. Um, I, I am very grateful you guys for the interview, and, and, and especially sorry about the walk, but... That's okay. I need. I need more steps. Miles. You're really inspiring. And <laughs> the, but the, the things that you call out, the things you focus on, the desire to improve the community is is amazing. So I will I give one more little thing here. One more little thing. Yeah. Which is, if you're looking for a nice little small conference to go to this fall. Yes. Where we're going to have lots of fun and talk about interesting things. Experience Agile. Oh. In Lisbon, nice. October. One, two, that's the week before the London Scrum Gathering. You can make it two stops. If you want it, you can make, you know, so. All right. So we, we'll make we, sure to include we eat, be we drink, we have a little show. conference. Okay. And if you guys want to do an interview later about the conference, I would love to do that. Tomorrow. Okay. So, We're going right. home tomorrow. So. Well, no, no, not we can do it after. Yes. We can still communicate. We can. The internet. There's technical things that we could do. Yes. We'll use Pinterest and we'll just send wow. pictures. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks. All right, so keep watching. We'll be back in a few minutes with another interview, and we're doing them all week long. Thanks.